Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. So glad that you've joined us this evening. Really, really cool. Massive shout out to the Nias clan. It's pretty exciting. It's really, really cool. Hey, um, I've titled this message tonight, I've titled it Bad for Business. Why don't you say that? Bad for Business. Awesome. Because I was reading my Bible recently and in Acts, I sort of found that Paul was bad for business. And then it reminded me of the story of Jesus being bad for business. And then I'm going to land the end of this message at a question, really. The question is, are we bad for business? I'll explain it as I go through. But Acts 19, I'm going to read verse 23 from there. This is what it says. And about that time, there arose a great commotion about the way. So in Acts 19 here, they're not called Christians yet, but they're called followers of the way. The people that were following Jesus' way, his teachings, his way of life were called followers of the way. So there was a bit of a commotion about the people of the way. Verse 24, for a certain man named Demetrius, why don't you help me out with that? Demetrius, a silversmith who made silver shrines of Diana brought no small profit to the craftsmen. He called them together with the workers of similar occupation and said, men, you know that we have our prosperity by this trade. Moreover, you see and hear that not only at Ephesus, but throughout almost all Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away many people, saying that they are not gods which are made with hands. So not only in this trade of ours is in danger of falling into disrepute, but also the temple of the great goddess Diana may be dispersed and her magnificence destroyed whom all Asia and the world worship. Verse 28. Now when they heard this, they were full of wrath and cried out saying, great is Diana of Ephesus. So this whole city was filled with confusion and rushed into the theater with one accord having seized two of Paul's traveling companions. Cool. So Paul was bad for Demetrius's business Can I explain that? Can I explain it? I'm a bit nervous tonight. Can I explain it? Are we we ready or what? So Diana was of Ephesus was the goddess of the moon and the hunt, apparently. And um, it it was kind of a big deal. All who were in Ephesus and almost all of Asia worshipped her, the text said. Her temple was constructed in this place where Paul was in this story, Ephesus, and people from all over traveled. It was like the the, the holy city. It was a place to go to meet this goddess, Diana. Ephesus was a place to visit this temple. An An Ephesian man called Demetrius, who was a silversmith, made the majority of his money out of making these little goddess statues, like a, like a tourist trinket, almost like a god that you could put in your pocket, like a god that you could take with you, that you could pull out in times of need, like this god, this little goddess that you could take with you and it would be there. One could pull it out in times of need, one could gift it to friends and family. If you'd visit someone's house, you'd know they'd visit Ephesus because they'd have a mini Diana statue somewhere. So Paul was preaching about Jesus, the Christ. Another name for him is Emmanuel. I saw Emmanuel over there. Give us a wave. But Emmanuel translates God with us. 
So of course this Jesus message is going to be bad for business when you thought you had to buy a mini little goddess to have God with you. And Paul's preaching this message that God is not just some distant idea off in heaven somewhere, but God came to earth as a man, Jesus, and he's, tr- he's trying to get these people to come out of this you know, uh, polytheistic worldview that there's like all these different gods, and depending on what the issue was, you had to appease the right God so that that God would be on your side and good things would happen for you. Paul's saying, no, 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 there's one true God. His son, Jesus, came to earth. His name's Emmanuel. He's God with us. He's not bound in a temple, but he became a man and walked the earth with us. He was ministering in the Holy Spirit, which since the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter two is so powerful. The Holy Spirit is God in us and God through us. So so this was really bad for this silversmith Demetrius because all of a sudden people aren't buying as many of these little Diana statues because God's in our heart. God's in our actions. God's a man, Jesus, that came to earth and showed us a better way to live. He was calling him out of this. You see, Diana was massive. And because I said that she's the goddess of like the moon and the hunt, like they literally believed that, that Diana was in control of wild animals. And so that's a bit scary, isn't it, Matt, if you're a night terror kind of a person? You'd want to keep that goddess happy, wouldn't you? But if she's the goddess of the moon, that they worked off a lunar calendar. So it was like, you're literally stuffed if you don't keep this goddess happy and buy this silversmith thing. And Demetrius was smiling all the way to the bank, if you know what I'm talking about. But it was a new concept that I didn't need to buy a mini statue to have God with me. That I didn't need to go to a certain temple to appease a God in Ephesus. It was a new concept that Paul was speaking. He said, hey, Yahweh, the God that I'm talking about, the, the one true God dwells in our hearts. Can you see why Paul was so bad for this guy, Demetrius' business? In fact, I already read it, but in verse 26, it says there, moreover, you see and hear that not only at Ephesus, but throughout all Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away many people, saying they are not gods which are made with hands. Is that not obvious, Demetrius? Like, (laughs) seriously, like, remember the story uh, in Genesis, Exodus? When um, Exodus, when... um, Moses goes up to the mountain, receives the Ten Commandments. Do we know the story? They make, a, they make this calf, they, they throw their earrings, pull their gold out, they, they cast this calf and then they decide that it's a god. They're going, holy cow, holy cow. It's a, I always wanted to say that joke, anyway. Um, but, but they're like, it's not a god, we literally made that ourselves and then that's what Paul's saying here, hey Demetrius, it's not a god that you can make yourself. What kind of god is that? But My question is, is that really just a then question or is that really a now question? Because a lot of the time I've found myself when I try to articulate or I try to almost put parameters around God or I try and sort of, God's really hard to explain. Because when I, when I try to, if you, if you can understand what I mean, give me some grace, but when you try to articulate what God, it's almost like you put parameters and you kind of almost limit God to being exactly like this and fitting in to what we expect God to do. This isn't simply an ancient challenge, but it's one that we face today. We wanna create a God that looks like us, (laughs) one that we approve of, one that's palatable to the culture of the day. But God's not like that. He's bigger than I can describe, he's better than I can articulate to you this evening. 
Because when we start to put language around it, we turn out defining God or even limiting and setting boundaries around him. Paul, this author, this legend of the early church, he wrote 28% of the New Testament, yet was bad for Demetrius's business, very bad. And I actually think that's a good thing. Moreover, we need to understand that the issue Demetrius had was a very similar issues to the Jews had and the followers of the way. Can you see similarities between this uh, Diana's temple and the Jewish system and the culture of the day? It reminds me of another guy called Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. In John 2, 19, he says, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. And they get offended. The Jews are like, what? It took us years to, and he, I'm not talking about this temple, I'm talking about my body. Jesus was talking to him before he would be crucified and, and, and I'll rise it up. And then, and then in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, it says, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Jesus was very bad for the temple system of the day. Can I show you? In Matthew 21, verse 12, then Jesus went into the temple and drove out all those who brought and sold in the temple and overturned the table of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. Sometimes we sort of have this picture of what Jesus would be like, calm, cool, collected, so full of love. And I find it like really cool that I read when Jesus got indignant, like, like he got angry, he got so fed up with things. And there's some things in my life and in my world right now that I'm kind of fed up with. How about you? I'm kind of done with a lot of things. And um, Jesus was so done with his temple system, yet the temple started because it was the way that they could sort of see and it was their language and the way that they could articulate what God was like and he's in this building and would go there and it started off with the best attitude and with the best heart. But then by Jesus' day, it turned into a place that was the opposite. He said that he turned over the tables of the money changers because this is what the system would go. So you'd travel to the temple and the idea was that you'd be made right with God by doing the right sacrifices, by applying the right things. And, but you'd get there, you'd travel however far that was, you'd go to Jerusalem, you'd go to the temple and you'd get there and, and the, the money changer will say, oh, sorry, we don't take that currency here. We have our own temple coin and, uh, but, but we're happy to exchange that for you at a rate that really benefits us. And we'll rip you off. It's like, <laughs> it's like when you go overseas and you're watching the money changes. Have you seen them? And you're trying to see if and you're counting your money five times and working out if you got it all or not. I've been ripped off a lot of times in Bali. Anyone else? Give us a wave. <laughs> but this is what it was like. They would literally rip you off and they'd go, okay, now that you've got a temple coin, now you can buy one of these doves or you can buy the sacrifice so that if you, we do this, we buy this, and then, then you could be made right with God. The problem was, was that the exchange rate was terrible. The doves were overpriced. So, so then someone that was poor could never receive forgiveness for sins in this temple system because the people were too busy profiting off the people then connecting them to God in the moment. I don't blame Jesus for being ticked off. In fact, I congratulate him for being indignant about this. That it was about those that had the most money could receive access for forgiveness for sins. That wasn't what it was about. Reminds me of actually another thing in Bali. I don't know if you've been to Bali. I don't know why I'm talking about Bali. Maybe because I can't go or something. I don't know. <laughs> like we should be. Um, 
Like everywhere in Bali, you can buy like a bunch of bananas for a dollar, you know, like. And then you go to the tourist place, like the monkey, monkey temple or something, where they feed the bananas to the monkeys. And, you know, some kid there's making 10 bucks a bunch for these bananas. It's like, I can buy them for $1, like 50 meters that way, but they're $10 here. And the guys are legends. That, how good is capitalism? Can I get an amen? But when it gets to the point that it hinders someone from encountering God, then I have a massive problem with, cap- with that kind of capitalism. I'm all for the guy in Bali making a better life for himself, but I have an issue <laughs> when we put God so far out of reach that someone without enough money couldn't receive forgiveness or breakthrough for their current situation. Jesus and Paul were terrible for business. They were bad for business of anything that would hinder people encountering the one true God. But what about us? Are we bad for business? There's a few businesses that I want to be bad for. (laughs) How about you? There's a few concepts and mindsets that I want to be bad for. I want to be bad for the business of consumerism in general. The pattern of living for your next purchase the thought that sold on Instagram that if I just had that and then I would be enough. So we pursue, we pursue things for weeks, months, years and then we don't use credit cards because we're millennials so we use buy now, pay laters which I appreciate because my shares continue to go up in them. <laughs> things we can't afford to impress people we don't care about so that we can get more stuff, and then maybe if I just get that, then I'll be enough. I have an issue with that. I have an issue with elitism, the thought that I'm good because I'm better than that person. No, you're good because God said you're good. I wholeheartedly believe that, you know, in Genesis, when God looked back after he created everything and said it was good, I believe that he could see the start of time, and I believe that he could see the end of time. So when God looked back at creation, he wasn't just talking about the current trees and, and what he created then, but he was talking about everything that would create, everything that the earth would produce, everything that mankind would make, and he looked back and said it was good. So I believe that God thinks you're good. I want to be bad for the business of putting others down so I can feel better about myself. I want to be bad for the business of, religious, of the religious elite of our day. I want to preach a message like Paul did that Christ was the saviour of all, that you, that everyone could have free access to this. And it wasn't about profiting off people, it wasn't about the latest person, the latest craze. I want humanity to have free access to his presence. Do you? I want humanity to have free access to his provision. Do you? I want us to all have free access to his voice and the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Do you? I want all of us to have access to the healing of our brokenness. How about you? I want all of us to have access to his love, his grace, and his mercy. How about you? I want all of us to have a new beginning because of Jesus Christ. How about you? I want to be bad for the business of fence builders. (laughs) Metaphorical fence builders. Obviously, I love a good fence. makes good neighbors, they say. Would you agree? but I want to be the best gate installer around. (laughs) 
the things that society's put up a fence and said, no, 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 you're not allowed to talk about religion here. <laughs> I'm going to be the best gate in the store there is. I'm going to know the best segues to say. <laughs> I'm going to know how to open it and share the grace and the love of Jesus that I've received. How about you? We're gate installers. We're building gates for God to have access into our homes, into our families, into our communities, our schools, and our workplaces. I want to be bad for the business of social etiquette. Is anyone else ready to do that? We don't talk about that here. (laughs) No, no, God's changed my life. I want others to experience his freedom and his grace. Do you? Do you? (laughs) What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say this. Paul didn't give in to the pressure of society of his day. I don't know if you've noticed, but what I've been preaching lately has all been from Acts because I've been reading Acts, just because that's what I'm sort of working through at the moment. And I'm blown away by the early church afresh. I'm completely blown away by guys like Paul who... I guess before that, I sort of had mixed emotions about some of his things I loved, some of his things I didn't love. But I've been blown away as I've been rereading Acts, the the life that these guys lived and the sacrifices that they made daily. Like one minute they're getting beaten, the next they're getting shipwrecked, the next this is going on and they're they're justifying themselves and and, and they're getting like, literally like Demetrius is coming and having a golden because of his business as a flow on effect of them preaching the gospel. Really? This is crazy. (laughs) Christianity is not easy. It's not. It's actually really hard. But it's so worth it. It is so, so worth it. I'm sorry if you signed up thinking that this would be a challenge-free life, that it would be drama-free, that you put your hand up in that service and someone high-fived you. No, not really. That's not all we do. But we're sold this message that say yes to Jesus and it will be okay. It will be. But it's a journey that we need to walk out for the rest of our lives. It's a journey. It's, it's not what I thought it was, but this is the best thing I've ever done with my life. And that's the truth. I want to be bad for the business of this flesh. I want to be bad for the business (laughs) of my own sinful desires. What about you? I'm done. I want to live for God afresh. Can I pray? God, right now over your church, God, I just lift up everyone that would listen to this in this room or later online. God, I just pray, Lord, that we would be bad for business, for anything that would hinder people experiencing your fullness, your grace, and your healing in this life. God, I pray, Lord, that highway, God, that we would be a people, God, that would be gates and openers of doors into people to receive more of you. God, I pray, Lord, that we would never fall into elitism. God, that we would keep an eye on our consumerism. And God, I just pray, Lord, that we would be such ministers of your goodness and your faithfulness in this world. God, I just pray for everyone right now, God, who's having 
questions in their faith, God. Maybe they're wondering where you are in the midst of all that's going on in their life and in their world. God, Holy Spirit, I just pray right now that you would show them that you're close, that you're near, that you are a rock on which they can build their lives, God. And God, I just pray over every challenge, God, every storm that anyone in this room is facing right now. God, I just pray for hope to rise in this moment. God, that they would see you on the other side, Father. God, that they would see you walking with them through the storm. God, that they would see you holding their hand in the midst of what they're going through. And God, I pray, Lord, that we would be bad for the business that oppresses people in this time here and now. Help us to be ministers of your grace and your truth. God, help us to point people towards you in all that we do. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. Why don't you come, K.A., over to you.